Welcome in. This is the Sports Plus Podcast, but this is really the Sports Plus Podcast. We're going to try something different here with this episode. Probably going to try this every once in a while. We're going to play an old interview. I'm here with Mike Bush, the former host of Sports Plus on your television screen. So this would be Sports Plus Rewind. Sports Plus Rewind. I like that name. We just came up with a name. We're going to go back into the archives, play some of Mike's biggest interviews throughout the years, because we just have a treasure trove of good stuff we can we can bring back and and we know everybody likes hearing the archive footage. Uh, play the whole interview backwards, not backwards. We're gonna play the whole interview, then we'll talk with Mike afterwards. Just maybe his thoughts on the interview subject, how it came about, uh, really whatever comes to our minds. It should be fun. This for go and, ahead, Mike. And and the reason we want to air this one is it, it's kind of timely, even though this interview was done back in 1997. It was with the great Bob Gibson, the Hall of Fame pitcher from the St. Louis Cardinals, a member of the Major League Baseball All-Century team. Um, the reason we wanted to do this is, of course, we uh, found out this week that Bob Gibson has pancreatic cancer. He's undergoing treatment right now in Omaha, Nebraska. Um, but this interview that we did back in 1997 kind of covers uh, much of his career. So um, even though it was done a long time ago, it is kind of timely. It is timely. Let's take a listen here. This is Bob Gibson with Mike Bush on the Sports Plus couch in 1997. And joining us now on Sports Plus is the Hall of Famer, Bob Gibson. I was just talking to you uh, off camera about your interest in baseball when you're just home sitting around. Do you watch a lot of baseball? I don't. Um, if, if I can tune in on a Cardinal game, and I, I have a satellite dish, so I get quite a few of the games on the Fox networks. But uh, if I can't uh, tune in on their games, I don't sit and watch them. Now, I, I'm curious about that. Is that because you get frustrated with the way the game is played today or just because you had your fill when you were a player or you just don't like be a, being a spectator? I think uh, it, it's a combination of things. Uh, certainly, uh, I, I don't really enjoy being a spectator. And when I watch a game, I don't watch a game like a fan does. I watch it and I look for various things and it gets frustrating at times and um, it's just not something that I want to do, sit and watch a baseball game. Like I would never go up in the stands and sit to watch a baseball really? game in the stands, never. Uh, I'd rather watch it on TV, you can get a little bit better perspective, I think. Well, and I was going to ask you about what you think of the game today. I mean. People are going after home run records. Every time a pitcher throws inside, someone charges the mound. What's your general view about the state of the game? Well, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd laugh about that charging the mound. Um, I guess I'd have to be rolling in the dirt a little bit. Uh, <laughs> come on out, you know, see how long you could stay there. But um, I, I think the game is still a good game. Um, I think attitudes have changed a little bit, but then the attitudes of our, our society has changed. and. And I think that the player today is just a product of our society. So uh, we expect him to be like the, the old guys. And they're not like the old guys. Uh, nobody is like the old guys. The, the younger generation is a little different. You know? But it's still a good brand of baseball. And uh, I, I think that uh, there is a few guys that I believe could play in any era. And certainly there are some now. Sure. The competitive fire that you had when you played from what I've read, and we've talked before, how much of an influence was your brother Josh on you? Oh, awful lot. Uh, I, I remember when I was probably 13 or 14 years old, 
And we had, uh, our, we had a team from the YMCA. We would go out in all of those small towns in Nebraska and Iowa and Kansas, and we'd play. And I remember one day uh, Josh standing right in the middle of the field because he thought that the umpires were cheating us. And he challenged everybody in the stands. <laughs> and there had to be three or 400 people there. And he wanted to fight because he thought they were taking unfair advantage. And, and we saw this kind of thing day in and day out with my brother uh, coaching us. And certainly that had to have uh, some effect on us uh, growing up. Yeah. Influences when you, when you first got to the Cardinals. Johnny Keene. Um, really, you took off with him as the manager. Salihimus and you, that, you guys didn't get along all that well? Nah, Salih, I, I never did care for him. Um, he, had, he had some problems that, that uh, had any, had, didn't have anything to do with playing baseball. And, um, and so I just didn't get along with him much at all. Johnny Keene was my first manager uh, in professional baseball. In fact, I signed in Omaha in the AAA, and he was the manager there. So I did get to know him. Uh, I thought he was a very nice individual. And he, he wanted you to play strictly on the merits of whether you had ability or not, and it had nothing to do with anything else. I, I couldn't say the same thing for Solly. Yeah. And, and those teams that you played with, those, the, the great players that, that, that you played alongside, and uh, I want to talk about Kurt Flood in just a second. But when you think back on those times, do you appreciate it more now looking back on it what a great team that was in 64 and 67 and 68 throughout the 60s. Or could you appreciate it at the time that you were experiencing it? I don't, I don't think that you, uh, you, you ever really appreciate things until afterwards, you know, until after the fact. Uh, uh, and I sit, I sit down now and think about, uh, uh, you know, the Boyers and the Bill Whites and the Javier's and the Dick Groats and the guys that we played with. And I have uh, much more, I, I much appreciate these things better now than I did then. I was young then, I was still growing up myself, and, uh, and I, was, I was involved with me more so than us. But, you know, as you get a little bit older and you get a, bit, a little bit smarter and you understand that it, it takes a team and it takes two or three different people to make a thing go, and you get away from me so much and it be, becomes us. And I think that you appreciate that a little better when you get older. There are some great stories about, about you and Tim McCarver when he used to catch you. And we don't know which ones of these are true or which one of these are just folklore, but we had him in a, <laughs> we had him in a, a couple of weeks ago. And uh, I guess the story goes that at one point he came out to the mound and you told, told him, you go back behind the plate because the only thing you know about pitching is that you can't hit it. Is that, <laughs> is that, is that a true story? That's true. That's a true story. But see, now. There's a lot left there that he didn't tell. <laughs> I, I used to like to give him a hard time, just for the sake of giving him a hard time. And, you know, he'd, uh, he'd call pitch outs. And, you know, Tim didn't have the best arm in the world. <laughs> and I'd shake him off, and he'd call a pitch out, and I'd shake him off. And then he'd point to the dugout, and I'd shake him out. And then he'd run out to the mound, and he'd say, you got to throw a pitch out. we got to have a pitch out here. And I said, Tim, it's a waste of pitch, because if I have a pitch out, it's going to be ball one. You're not going to throw a guy out anyway, so I'm not going to throw it. <laughs> Oh, he'd get mad at me and yell at me. <laughs> he'd go back and uh, he'd call the pitch out. I wouldn't throw it. <laughs> well, he, he also tells a story that, that uh, when Steve Carlton was inducted into the Hall of Fame, they asked him a cover about Carlton. He said he had the greatest slider of all time. Yes. And at some point, you walked up to him 
working your way through the crowd, and you said, greatest left-handed slider of all time. <laughs> That's true. That's a true story, yeah. <laughs> well, those are great stories about you guys. Um, and I guess maybe one of your best friends um, through the years was Kurt Flood. And he did so much for baseball. And we, we lost him uh, this last year. And I know that was very hard on you. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I, did, I don't like to talk about it very much. Uh, Kurt and I were very close. Obviously, uh, closer than than just teammates. You know, we were kind of like brothers, and uh, I, I got to the point, or we got to the point where we just understood each other so well. Uh, didn't have to talk much. You know, we could kind of mm, grunt and look at each other, and we pretty much knew what we were thinking. Uh, so it it was a special relationship. Yeah, the uh, the trade when he was first traded and decided to fight it. What were you, what were you thinking at the time? I wasn't thinking much of anything other than I couldn't understand why they were breaking the team up. Right. You know, and um, we had a good team, and I still think that if we had kept that ball club together, we may have been able to win the pennant a couple of times more. You know, but when uh, uh, we didn't win the we didn't win the World Series in '68, and uh, the, the press kind of came down on us a little bit, fat cats, and the whole thing. And I, I do believe that uh, Bing Devine, who is one of my best friends now. I thought that uh, the press put a little bit of pressure on him and got him to listen to some some, some things that weren't quite right, and, and that prompted him to trade Tim and, and Flood and a bunch of the other guys. And I, I just think we should have stayed together. They should have given us a couple of more years to see, you know, whether we could do it again, but they didn't. Um, Kurt did what he had to do. I, I thought he was nuts. He says, I'm going to do this. And I said, I'm behind you all the way, Kurt, but I'll be about four or five steps back. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think that the players today, can you get any sense that they understand what Kurt Flood did for them and, and that, that the salaries today are largely due in part to what Kurt Flood did? I don't think that they give it a second thought. Really? I, I really don't. Uh, and I wouldn't be surprised if there were a few guys that don't actually know who Kurt was. Um, I'm sure there are some guys who who can appreciate it. I, I know DeShields is is one that does, uh, but uh, I, I think basically they're the guys are into themselves and and I guess that's the way it should be. Yeah. I don't know. In in the days of Bob Gibson, there wasn't quite as much offense as we see today. There were earn run averages like you had, which, which I mean people couldn't score one run a game off of you in 1968. Do you think that's a, a I mean, because fans always talk about, well, we've got to see more offense. Right? Maybe the fans don't, but the press certainly talks about, we've got to see more offense. Do you think the game is better today with all the offense or, or not as good? The strike zone is, is a miserable strike zone now. You throw the ball two inches above the belt, it's a ball. Yeah. And uh, I, I see guys calling pitches that are right on the corner balls and they make the pitcher move the ball a little bit more into the plate they move, make him get it in that 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 zone that you don't want to throw the ball in and that's and they make you throw it in there and uh that's why you have so much scoring yeah you miss being in uniform every day or do you like no. your role with the with the card i like what i'm doing right now uh which is nothing <laughs> but uh i I'm, I'm in spring training i'm down there for the uh, the entire spring training uh, I never did like spring training that much, but uh, I come back into St. Louis uh, on on occasions, and 
uh, we have parties. I love to go to these parties we have. Uh, and I'm doing more PR than, than anything else, but I enjoy this. And uh, uh, if there, anybody there is listening, I'd love to do it every day. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I had my, my stint in the uniform, and that's not to say that, that I wouldn't do it again, because you never say never, but I enjoy this. Well, Bob Gibson, it is always a pleasure. It's great to see you, and hopefully you'll be doing more of this, and we can get more of a chance to talk to you. Thank you. Thanks very much for coming down. That's the Hall of Famer, Bob Gibson, and we'll be right back. That was Mike Bush with Bob Gibson in 1997 on the Sports Plus couch. First thing I got to say, this is one of my favorite quotes I think I've ever heard. Uh, when Gibson talked about, you guys were talking about people charging the mound mm -hmm. uh, nowadays more than they would try in like the past. Right. And Gibson goes, well, I guess I'd be rolling around in the dirt a lot more. <laughs> Come out and see how long you can last yeah, with me. Exactly. And <laughs> I don't think too many people would be rushing the mound with Bob I don't think Gibson so either. on the mound. He was an intimidating uh, presence out there for sure. What What are your memories of maybe this uh, specific time when you did this interview? Well, you know, the, the thing is, uh, back in the days of Sports Plus, which was our Sunday night program um, that started as a 12-minute show that uh, was extended to a half an hour, and by this time we were doing an hour, was all these great guests that we got to talk to. And anytime, uh, as a, a sportscaster, you can sit down with someone like Bob Gibson. Uh, what I remember is when the interview was done, because, you know, you're on television and you only have a certain amount of time, was I wanted more time. Yeah. That's, that's what you think about. Um, but you also think about, that's Bob Gibson. I mean, that's Bob Gibson I'm talking to. Um, that's two Cy Youngs. That's two World Championships. That's uh, that 1968. They changed the game of baseball yeah. because of how great he was. A 1.12 earned run average. We'll never see it again. 1.12. <laughs> yep. Can you imagine that? No, I can't. I, it won't be done. I, well, of course it <laughs> won't be done. But that is just, he was so intimidating. He was so good. Um you know, he would trot out to that mound and he would pitch complete games, which is another thing we rarely see these yep. days. Well, um, complete games. We were in the locker room with Miles Michaelis after, at the time of this recording, the day before this, Miles Michaelis threw the first right. complete game shutout for the Cardinals this year. Uh, he's leading the league. Uh, with one, he's tied for the league league. Uh, we asked him about it. He's like, well, it's good I can lead the league in something. <laughs> But that's that was an everyday occurrence yeah. for Bob Gibson. I mean, he would. It was a bad day if he didn't go nine. Correct. And, he, and what are you going to do? Take him out? I mean, you don't want to be that manager. No. Um, anyway, uh, just uh, and the and the great thing about that show was all the great people that we got to talk to. So, um, I mean, I, I'm, the goal was for the audience to get these get to see these people in in a different environment mm -hmm. not necessarily at the ballpark where you see them all the time um so we we would get them down here to channel five and uh and we'd put them on the sports plus couch and it, it was i have to say um you know you try to be a journalist you try to ask uh, interesting questions you try to get good answers but there's a little fan inside of you, okay. and, and, and that fan is going a little bit crazy that you're sitting next to Bob Gibson. So you talked about this a little bit. 
Gibson, what he's most known for really is his intimidation. Yeah. Um, this wasn't obviously the first time you had interacted with him. Right. But when you like met him for the first time and oh. tried to interview him, was there any of that intimidation? Of course. Yeah. There, of course there is. And there is. I mean, in, in Gibson's case, um, I grew up and I, I mean, I was a kid when I saw him pitch in the 1960s. So... In 1964, I was seven years old. In 67, I distinctly remember watching the Cardinals and the Boston Red Sox on TV. I was 10 years old, um, and I remember, you know, the Cardinals winning the World Series that year. Uh, I mean, you know, when you grow up and you see, uh, you know, Bob Gibson on TV, and then, you know, 20 years later or so, you're interviewing him 30 years later, I guess. You're interviewing him on your on your Sunday night sports show. I mean, it's a thrill and it's a little bit intimidating. I have to say. Um, you actually talked about one of my questions. Memories growing up of 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 Bob Gibson in yeah. Chicago, but I'm still the Cardinals were were really good in that time period. So you probably For saw sure. a lot of them. And I grew up I grew up in Chicago, and you know the Cubs' number one pitcher was Ferguson Jenkins, and so the Cubs versus the Cardinals. I mean. I don't know how they all did it, but teams, you know, they only had four starters back then. Mm-hmm. So it almost was always number one versus number one. It was Jenkins versus Gibson, yeah. which was always a tremendous matchup. And the Cubs actually started to get good in the late 1960s. Mm-hmm. So so those were good matchups, you know, team-wise as well. But, I mean, I, I mean, I remember being in awe of Bob Gibson as a kid, and I remember being in awe and still am to this day of Bob Gibson as a man. How unique really, is Bob Gibson. He was an All-American basketball player at Creighton. He played for the Harlem Globetrotters. Right. He's a baseball Hall of Famer, one of the most intimidating people ever. He's the person that if somebody comes up, they throw hard, they maybe got a little mean streak to him out there, you're going to get a Bob Gibson reference right. during that baseball game. Right. How unique is he? Do you think we'll ever see anybody like him again? I don't think you can. I, I mean, I think he re- actually referenced it in in uh, the interview the strike zone has changed, and you know you dig in against Bob Gibson in the 1960s, and you're going to get plunked. Yeah, and and it's going to hurt, and you're not charging the mound. Um, so I mean, it was just it was just a totally different time. But if you really appreciate the game of baseball, I realize that a lot of people love the offense; they love the home run. If you really appreciate the game of baseball, you can appreciate the his mastery on the mound. 1.12. I still get back to that. I mean, he's allowing one run yeah. a game. Pretty easy to win a game, even if you can't hit. Yep. Uh, last thing here as we finish up this for- first Sports Plus Rewind podcast. Uh, with Gibson, the news this past uh, weekend, just what are your thoughts maybe going forward here? We've. Uh, it's, it's hard to think that these guys are mortals, especially – Watching like Musial and Shane East these last few years, yeah. uh, it, it's been tough. But everybody, everybody's mortal, even Bob Gibson. What What are your thoughts? Well, on the that? the one thing is, cancer has never met a competitor like Bob Gibson. Yeah. So uh, my guess is, is he's going to fight this tooth and nail, um, and I hope to God that he wins. Um, pancreatic cancer, um, in a word, sucks. Yeah. It it is. It's one of the worst. Um, but, uh, like I say, uh, if, if anybody can beat it, it's, it's Bob Gibson. Apparently Alex Trebek is having some pretty good success with it. Uh, the host of Jeopardy. So let's hope the same kind of success for Bob Gibson 
Uh, I do know that um, I mentioned this on my Facebook page, uh, and 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 people just there's all kinds of thoughts and prayers for Bob, and I I think all of St. Louis is in his corner. I think so too. Uh, imagine the scene next year, opening day, if he comes out there. Oh my gosh, that'd be that something be, special. It really would. All right, everybody, thanks for joining us for this Sports Plus Rewind edition. We'll be uh, having some more of these as we go along. Mike, what's what's the next tease one here? What do you think we should do next? Well, I don't know. We've got a lot. I mean, I was just looking today. John Wooden is out yeah. there. Bobby Knight is out there. Dick Vermeil, uh, Charles Barkley. I mean, you could go down the list. We've got so many. We'll see what, what seems to work in, in, in the timing of the news because you, yeah. you never know when something like this could be timely, even though the interview was done a long time ago. We'll take a look, and we'll have some great content coming for you guys. Thanks for joining us. See you later.